Welcome to 96 Wave. My name is Brian Thomas, and I'll be hosting the podcast today. A place where we can discuss the unique surf culture of the Lowcountry. Today, we met with our friend Richard Prowse, a surfboard shaper, father, and a surf-stoked character. This is our first episode ever, so it was more of a conversation than a deep dive. He shapes grasshopper surfboards, and that is where we begin our chat. Thanks for the support, and enjoy. You've shaped so many boards for different characters around here. Uh, do you have a story of someone, you they came to you, they wanted a certain type of board, and then you've been out in that session with them and experienced kind of... Yeah, sure. Um, a lot. I mean, that's my favorite thing to do, you know, go surfing with my buddies and uh, make boards together. And, you know, we'll be trading boards and um, trying different things. Um, I think one person I made a lot of boards with that have been has been really fun is is Cuff. Um, we haven't we haven't been surfing together a lot lately, but there was like a time when it was hot. Like we were always surfing together. We were making a lot of boards. Um, we were both really getting into twin fin fishes. Um, I was making like some four fin slim fishes and then some like really wide twin fin fishes. And, um, you know, so I made one that I really liked. I made him one. He liked it. He came back and was like, Let, let's do another one, but let's like, you know, pull it in a little bit more, make it, you know, I want to rip on it a little bit more. Um, so we did that. Um, it came out, well, it was funny because, you know, the shape I thought was really good. It came back from, it came back from the glasser. I think the fin, the fin marks had gotten glassed over or something and the fins weren't in the right spot. And so I like made these custom fins to like sit differently in the box to like try and get them there. And it was all in Cuff's head. I swear, Cuff never likes a new board. Every time he gets a new board, nah, I'm not feeling it. It's not good. I just want my old board. And um, so he didn't like this board at first. And um, I saw him surfing. I was like, man, it looks like it works pretty good. He's like, no, it's weird. You know, this, that, and that. I'm like, all right, let me try it. So I try it. I'm like, whoa, this is, this is the board. This has got it. This is, this is what we've been, you know, been trying to get to with all this twin fishes. This is it. I'm like, Cuff, I love this board. Like, let me just give you your money back and I'll keep it. He's like, wait, just hold, just hold your horses there. Like, let's not do anything irrational. Let me try it again. And, um, and so he, you know, he didn't let me keep it. And, um, and he continued to ride it. And he was on a tear on that board for like a few years. It was that red one with the black and white stripes on the nose. There's a ton. We had a good run of surf and he was just on it. There's a ton of good pictures of him riding that board. And so, you know, I wrote that. I'm like, okay, I got to make myself one. So I made myself one. And the one that I made myself was my first red striped candy cane board. And again, that board, when I first got it, um, you know, the first sessions on it, when we had that, it was a tropical storm Colin, that one that just blew up out of nowhere. Everybody got amazing pictures. Like Justin got a bunch of shots in, on Surfline. It was just like the most beautiful, fun day of surfing at Folly. And that was like one of the first sessions I had ridden that board on and it just clicked. I'm going, this is, you know, this is, this suits my surfing. What I like to do more than any other board I ever had, just like, I don't know, I just loved it. It was great. And so that was, you know, that was kind of like, you know, the collaboration between me and Cuff and looking at, you know, retro fishes, but still wanting to kind of rip and it kind of all going in that direction. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people probably wanted a twin fin after that era of seeing you and Cuff on 
but then they can't surf them as good. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of people, really good surfers too, get them and they're like, oh man, I love the way you're surfing. Like, let me try it. I want one of those. And they'll get it and they don't like them because, I mean, it's just the way you wait or how you like to do your turns. They don't, they don't fit everybody. Yeah. Some people like really like thrusters and surf really good on thrusters or some people's like really like quads or hate quads yeah. but, but the twin fins yeah i don't know those ones just fit fit me really well and cuff really like you know fit him really well yeah too. it took me a while and then there was one hurricane season it was actually when the beach was shut down that i rode a twin fin that are you finished? Ellison didn't yeah. finish shape. Ellison shaped. Yeah, the R that we shaped together a little bit. And then I read that like all hurricane season. Yeah. And it was a memorable one. You kind of clicked into it. Yeah. Yeah. One thing digging through the archives of footage I've been noticing is there's a lot of left barrels that I see. I kept talking about what waves were the best and a lot were lefts. Do you think who's got a better regular goofy foot on Folly? That's a good one. I, I'm going to have to go with the goofies on this one, but that's probably just because I'm goofy. Yeah. I mean, maybe the best surfers on the island are regular foots, but they're really good at going backside. Yeah, um, yeah I think, you know, just because we face south, you know, when the wa waves are coming in from the east, they're going to bend and go left. But that said, you get those against the grain rights that look so good. I cannot surf them. Every time I see them, I'm like, oh, I'm getting one of those against the grain rise. Today's going to be my day. And every time I paddle in, I'm like, this is it. I'm on it. And then before I know it, I'm like with the lip getting pitched over, just going, no. And I'm like upside down near the cockroach in the barrel. Um, That's what I was going to say, that I'm always hunting down the against the grain rights yeah. because there's a lot of good air sections and tubes. They're a little bit shorter yeah. barrels, but they, they stand up. But even, yeah, regular footers, I was pulling footage and like Francis Saladin's yeah. getting drained, but it's on the left. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, who are all the who are all the best surfers from back in the day? Glenn Tanner, Todd Youngblood, Bruce Bivey, now it's Kyle Busey. I mean, you guys are regular foot. I mean, all the guys like Will Davis, like all the guys, regular footers are shredding. And the and the goofy foots are all barrel hounds. Yeah. They just they're just like they don't go right. Yeah. They just want that barrel because yeah, I think you get those you know you get those days when it's good here. It's like a long throaty left barrel. Yeah. yeah, and you get you know, but the goofy foots here you can you know you'll go what you know we'll go up to Hatteras or down to South Florida. Or you'll be traveling you know Central America or even over in Indonesia or Hawaii or something and run across a goofy foot tube slayer from South Carolina yeah. out there getting really good ones. You know, everybody was like, who, who is this guy? Like just getting tube. Like this guy knows what he's doing. It's like from South Carolina. Is there even an ocean in South Carolina? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, with everything with surfing, you can't go wrong. It's been more and more common that the beach gets shut down, whether it's a hurricane or etc that when they're swell the beach gets shut down but there's stories of guys that they'll do anything to make it out to the beach when the waves are pumping yeah. uh do you have any stories you was it hurricane florence that was a pretty good one i guess um so 
we were surfing Florence like the day before the good waves came and the storm came, you know, it was the precursor of the swell. It was pretty fun. And they were letting people on, but they let everybody know tomorrow, no one's getting on. So I was scrambling, you know, trying to find anyone who lives out there, if I could stay with them or if I could get like a letter from someone saying I'm taking care of their house or if, if they work on a business out there to like write me a note. Um, and I talked to my godfather, Ed Budoff, who, um, He's another surfboard shaper. He shapes uh, B-side boards now. Um, when I was a kid, it was freestyle surfboards. Um, but he has a place on Folly that he rents out. And I was like, you know, Ed, like, um, give me a letter saying I'm the caretaker of the house or something. He's like, no, uh, I can't do that, but just go stay there. And um, I'm like, okay, yeah, that works. So um, I got a another Cuff story, I guess. I got Cuff, Josh McFadden, and every time you invite Cuff, to something he wa he winds up bringing someone else and so this one was Kyla Russo that's actually how I met Josh McFadden is me and Cuff were playing to go somewhere and he you know he doesn't tell me ahead of time he's just like all right we're ready to go and he's like has someone else I didn't even like know them yet but um wind up becoming like really good friends with you know whoever he brings so it was us three we stayed at Budoff's place um and we woke up in the morning and the waves were kind of a letdown the tide was weird the it was small yeah it was like chest yeah. high clean so you know any normal day that wasn't hyped you'd be like all right there's waves it's fun but we were expecting ceiling high dredging barrels i mean there's this huge storm right off our coast and the weather was like it wasn't bad no it was, it was great it was going to be an awesome day of surfing but there just wasn't much going on they had dredged the sand at the washout so that it wasn't breaking and everybody was surfing 8th street and it was kind of yeah, it was kind of fun. There were some, you know, just an, if it was any other day, you'd be like, oh, yeah, the waves are great. But, you know, a huge hurricane was kind of a letdown. So, um, but eventually the tide changed. All that swell had, like, washed the sand around. And I went up to 13th Street, and it was, like, starting to do it. It, had, it was way bigger up there. It was breaking clothes, shallow, barreling. Um, I think I called Justin yeah. to come take pictures and um, Kellen who I was surfing with, he, he works on Folly. So he, he was able just to be like, hey, I work here, let me on. Um, and then, you know, cuff and said, hey, come up and surf. No one's here. It's getting good. And um, and right before they came out there, Corey Monk, Keith Meany, and Henry Martin come over the dunes. And they're like, oh, God, look at these waves. It's so good. We found it. And they paddle. I'm like, how'd you guys get out here? And they had taken, I think, Henry's boat and they had put in at James Island, and I'm trying to think of the route they came. I don't know if they came, they wouldn't have come out of the harbor and around Morris Island Lighthouse. I think they came the other way, maybe out of Stono, out of the Stono River, and up, I don't know, they could have come either way. Either way, there's gonna be shoals with huge waves, and they were like in a skiff. So I can't imagine what it looked like, it, you know, at the crossing point. You know, it's sheltered for a long ways, and once you get behind the island, it's sheltered. But there's no way to get to the island without going through some serious shoals. So it, it must have been pretty epic, that yeah. boat ride to get there. And I'm not sure whose dock they tied up to. I don't even know if they, they knew. I think they just found a dock on the Folly River and tied up and came surfing. And when the tides started going out, they had to go yeah. <laughs> or else they were going to get stuck. Um. But it yeah. kind of turned on. I saw photos. Yeah, so Justin got some yeah. some good pictures that day. A couple other people wound up coming up that day. 
I think Blue and Hurriali Tom came up when we were all kind of done surfing and they had like just the two of them by themselves getting the leftovers still really good. Yeah. yeah. It was an epic day. It was like this big. It was like knee high by the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. The next generation of surfers, you have kids, they're surfing with you now, and there's a huge group of kids that they surf with, the, the board riders. Um, and I, you've talked to me about this. It's We mentioned, are the waves getting worse? But <laughs> you said it's about perspective. And you're right. What what do you think for all those kids growing up now? Yeah, it's absolutely about your perspective. So, you know, as we get older, have, you know, see more, you know, the more good swells you see here, you, you know, your benchmark goes higher. The more you travel and surf better waves, the worse, you know, even good waves here look, you know, as your collective experience um, grows you know, the, the days that used to be so fun are now, oh, well, it's not good compared to my, you know, the experience that I have now. So it's easy to get jaded. It's hard to stay stoked. You got to change your equipment, you know, keep your mindset young and, and look for ways to enjoy the different conditions. Um, for the kids, my kids and all, all their buddies, like I love, you know, that's a way for me to change my perspective is like I get to see, you know, the waves through their eyes. So I take them out now. It'll be a waist high day. You know, a normal day I'd be like, it's too weak to even push me on a shortboard. You know, I might even go to the beach today. But I take them out and they're scared to even pout. They're like, Dad, these waves are enormous. They I one hit me and they held me under for so long. So me kind of like being next to them or helping them get into waves, like I can almost like feel the energy from their perspective, being like, you know, I'll just stand here and the wave will go past. But to them, it's you know, this monstrous thing. Um, so that's good for me. I love seeing, seeing all the kids, you know, they're just so stoked yeah. like we all were right. Yeah. And still try to be. Yeah. Yeah. We just get jaded. That's a good point. But I mean, it's really, we're all just trying to have fun in the ocean. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, surfing, surfing is a true blessing. I mean, to be able to go out there and enjoy the ocean like that, to have, you know, the community of people, friends, that you can enjoy it with, even just to have the free time and the resource to be able to do it. Like most people in the world don't have that luxury. I mean, it really is a luxury, even though the waves here are bad comparative to most places that people surf. It's still, you know, a really, a really awesome thing. Yeah. Um, you, one thing I've noticed speaking, if the waves aren't good, you've been on, it looks like a 12 foot board um and but i'm out there just pumping trying to get one turn and you're surfing from jetty to jetty yeah. it looks like a blast yeah. and is that the gliders you've been shaping yeah so i've made i've been making you know longboards nose riders for a long time i'm not a very good at nose riding like rutledge is amazing i can't keep up um you know these glider type boards i've been looking for i don't know maybe this that or the other and I made a couple for maybe some people and for the shop. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to make one for myself. You know, I'm going to put my own tweaks on it for what I like. And that board, it's only 10 feet. Okay. So it's a 10-foot board, but it's very sleek. I maybe mean, it's the way it sticks out of your truck. There's yes, eight it, feet. Yeah. Oh, well, I have the little truck bed. <laughs> so it, look, it looks really long. Yeah, it's only 10 feet, but it's really sleek. Not much rocker. Just, 
Yeah, I made it for um, for those sessions that you can have like out at the inlets when it's glassy, groundswell, and low tide, and the waves just roll forever. Um, I, you know, you don't get that many days that do that, but um, so it, it's fun just around the beaches here. But last um, last fall, I got one day, and um, yeah, I went out by myself. It's crazy. You, you look from the beach, there are waves out there, like. I think there's some ways out there. I'm going to paddle out there. And you can't even see. It doesn't even look like there's waves. It just looks like shoals, right? And then you get out there. And I tell you, it's, it looks like a California break out there. And no one's out. And you're like a mile out. And if you if people on the beach could see what it looked like out there, they, nobody would believe it. But it doesn't happen very often. Is it just Kai Dillon on a foil and some dolphins out there? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's on sharks. Yeah, definitely all of those things. I don't think I've ever seen Kai doing on the foil, but he he's on his own yeah. his own lonely sandbar. Yeah. yeah, there's so many of them around. You can pick your own. Yeah. yeah. What's one of your favorite hurricanes that you've been a part of? I think my favorite hurricane was uh, Hurricane Bill. But the Hurricane Bill swell is not the best swell in Charleston, but it's like my favorite hurricane swell. It started in Charleston. But it like goes up the coast. It was a huge storm, I think Cat 5, and it took like the perfect trek straight between us and Bermuda and up. And um, Do you know what, what year that was? What year? I don't know the year. I want to say 2010-ish. Okay. Um, so the swell, it was kind of a letdown swell here. But um, the first day, I caught some of the more memorable waves I've caught in Charleston. It was it came, the swell came in with like a hard southwest wind, so it was you know just long period swell, just closing out, ribbed up, and you know people were trying to surf, but you really couldn't get a ride. I think Benny B was maybe in town for something, and they were catching some waves near the pier. But me, I want to say I know Trevor was with me. I want to say Mac McQuillan. There are a few others. I don't rem I don't remember who was on. Maybe Clobber was on this this session. So we, um, you might have to like I don't know. You might have to bleep some of these out to hide the secret spots. But uh, you know this spot is not breaking anymore. I'm sure it, it will again one day. But as of right now, it's not a spot anymore. We paddled over. You know that year there was a really good sandbar kind of surfing it on southwest wind on longboards all summer and you know this one we're like oh we're gonna it's gonna be big enough to actually surf like a fish um so we go over there and it is like waist high you know it's like overhead just dumping the wash i was only like waist high over there but it was clean on the southwest winds and we're having fun you know catching catching long rides on the fish and the tide kept going out and eventually the wave at the very outside of the inlet got shallow enough to start breaking and it was like, knee, I want to say knee to waist deep. We were kind of like walking through. I thought for sure someone was going to step on a stingray. But we got out there. And out there it was bigger and like hitting harder. It was actually probably like shoulder high, like pretty pretty crispy, like, you know, kind of barreling rights. And I remember catching one wave where I got it at the outside shoal, you know, through that crispy barrel section. And somehow it linked up through kind of a little dead zone all the way into the section we were surfing earlier. And I mean... I must have been riding wave for I don't know how long. But when I got off the wave, I was like all, you know, I started like way out at the at the outside of the inlet, wound up way down. You know, I'm looking for my buddies. They just look like tiny ants. Like in the, you know, I get back out there probably like, probably takes me 20 minutes to get back where they were. We're like, 
we thought you went in. Like, we didn't know what happened to you. Like, did a shark get him? Where did he go? And um, we, I, I did see a really big shark out there, like kind of right where we were surfing. Um, it was pretty sketchy over there. But, you know, we're having fun. And then, you know, that happened. Saw the big shark. I was a little freaked out. Um, everybody's catching waves. And then all of a sudden the tide started coming back in. Everybody were with like, caught, you know, set came. Everybody caught a wave in the set, got washed in over the bar and couldn't get back out because the tide was coming in so strong. And we're like, great. Now, you know, now what? Um, and luckily someone had just come out with a Carolina skiff and they let us all pile in. They brought us back. And so that was day one of Bill. And then the next, well, I think that night we drove up to Wrightsville Beach to meet up with my friend, Jason. Oh, it must have been Cody. Might have been one of the ones with us because we went up, it was me, Trevor, Mac, Cody, and we met up with Jason in Wilmington. And we were surfing with Jason and Cody's dad at Carolina Beach, and it was huge. Like, I've never seen Carolina Beach that big. It's kind of closing out. Not that great. Everybody got a few waves. But then that evening we surfed the jetty at Wrightsville Beach, the South Jetty. And it, you know how Ponce Inlet does that thing where it kind of like wedge against the jetty and like keep a wedge from way out all the way in? So Wrightsville Beach was doing that. And I remember Jason was on this tiny little like five foot snowboard looking board that he shaped himself doing figure eight cutbacks, like eight of them, right? From like hundreds of yards out all the way in. That was day two. Um, we must have, so I think every, each day we were like surfing all day, driving all night. So that night we drove up to Hatteras for day three. We're surfing S turns, it's pretty unruly. I think my dad and his buddy Bob were already up in Hatteras. They said it looked like Outer Reef Hawaii the day before when we were surfing Carolina Beach, just like 20 foot offshore, gorgeous, no one surfing. I think he said he saw like one jet ski take someone out there and try and catch some waves yeah. at one point. But just, yeah, I mean, we, you've seen pictures of it when it's like that. It's like a mile out, 20 foot perfect. But so the next day it was kind of, I don't know, the storm had come close and it was kind of junked up. We got some barrels of S turns. That's when S turns was breaking good in the morning. And the wind went funky. The water was kind of brown. You know, all the pros were around and um, we had to drag Jason away from S turns. He's like, it's good. He's like, he just wanted his picture, you know, because the photographers were, the pros were like, no, we got to go look around. It's not good here. And we went up to Pea Island and the wind, you know, the wind hit was like kind of southwest. And so Pea Island bends a little bit more and the water up there was clear, green. Um, we found this one spot near the ranger station. I think we parked there, walked, you know, saw a wave down the beach, walked over to it. It was just, you know how it gets up there where you just have this perfect sandbar with like a channel i don't know how it happens you know what happened one day be gone the next but it was it was a little smaller there but i mean it's still well overhead right on the beach like every wave a-frame makeable it's like all goofy foots and like one regular foot so mac had all the rights he wanted we were catching the lefts and everyone is just like barrel 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 come out and you're like on the sand and so we surfed like all evening one of jason's dad's friends came down with you know a long lens so we have all these professional quality pictures of us that day the water's green it's just perfect and that was like just and that's why you keep chasing that that's every the dream. time the swell comes yeah i mean that was the dream it was just our buddies on that sandbar and it's just you know just surf all day drive all night just you know get skunk one place but score another and yeah, yeah. 
that it, I think I think all of us on that trip, that's like the probably our fondest um, hurricane swell, just because that that last session was just so good. And, you know, it was just the camaraderie of five guys stepped in a car, I think like 20 boards strapped to the roof. And, you know, catching that sandbar with just your friends, it's like, you know, the dream. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to send me those photos. <laughs> yeah. I've got a whole bunch of them. I, I don't have, Jason may have the high res ones. The ones I have, I, you know, I have a whole folder of them. They're like kind of lower res, yeah. but the, the, they're good enough to post. Yeah. yeah. Sick. Everyone says in every spot, does anyone work here? Is like the classic say. Yeah. And so as surfers, we're constantly trying to stay available. Yeah. If there's a window of waves, how have you been able to? Well, here it's the absolute worst because the windows of swell have got to be smaller than anywhere. Except maybe Georgia. It's got to be the only one that's smaller, Hilton Head or something. Yeah. If you want, I mean, we get just like great waves very not very often and for very short duration so you have to be on it you got to be a meteorologist you got to know what the tide when the wind switch what everything is doing to get and you got to be able to somehow drop it all and make it there because you if you see the waves are good you've missed it like by the time you get there it's not going to be good anymore and so yeah that's a super hard thing to balance especially as when you're starting out a family you have young kids for sure it's hard to balance and again, when you're younger and starting out a career or something, like you need to be at work. You can't just leave work and go surfing. You know, I think the people who log the most water time, you know, they know before they start their careers, like surfing is my priority. I'm going to, you know, build my schedule around. Either I'm going to be a waiter and, and work at night, or I'm going to do lawns and work on my own schedule, or I'm going to be, you know, real estate and like, you know, make it flexible. Um, I've kind of been like more of a corporate type job. And so I'm just trying to like plan my PTO when I can use it. I'm not as flexible as I want to be, but I've been, you know, I'm older now. So I've been working for a while. So I have a lot more leniency than I did when I was younger. I mean, I missed, I feel like I missed a lot of swells younger, just dealing with all that, but yeah, it's all part of the balance. I always see you running out at some point of the day. <laughs> yeah whether it's right before dark or not yeah i know a lot of people have problems like with spouses understanding that like you can't just be leaving us all the time to go surfing my wife is you know we mesh really well like we know what each other needs and you know i do my best to you know give her what she needs and she does her best to give me what i need and she knows that's like a priority for me to be working well so, and I mean, as far as being a single guy, like with, you know, really loving surfing and have a priority on surfing a lot, living here will drive you crazy. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, when I was younger, I said, you know, I'm, I'm leaving here. I'm never coming back. Right. My parents had a story of, oh yeah, we were living in Hawaii. I was born in Hawaii. It's like, oh yeah, you were born in Hawaii. I was like, why would you bring me back? To South Carolina like you guys were surfing in Hawaii you knew I would want to grow up and be surfing in Hawaii like why are we in South Carolina like I'm I, you know I'm so you know I left I went to college I bounced around you know moved to Florida moved to Hawaii came back I said it was only for a couple years and like the roots went in deep and you know when, when Amy and I started having kids and you know having 
my parents around and her parents around and, you know, uncles and aunts and cousins and everybody's like, you know, so that's when the perspective happened. I'm like, okay, yeah, surfing is, yeah, it's great, but we're really going to like take my family away from all this family so I can surf. You know, my kids might even like surfing. You know, my wife likes to surf, but you know, it's not a priority for her. And I think my kids are coming up that way too. I don't know if any of them are going to be just stone cold surf dogs. Maybe I'm too frothy and it just puts them off. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely had that thought because I'm already thinking my kids are going to love surfing. But, and they yeah. do right now, but they, yeah. they can't even talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's great, like, role model as a dad to have something that you're passionate about that your kids can see. And whether it's their passion or not, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, we all want to share that that passion with our offspring you can teach them they'll know it'll be their choice of whether you know it's it's really you know what they want or not say say your kid does get really uh, this is a personal question Uh say your kid gets good at surfing Uh should you move i don't know (laughs) it's as silly as silly as it sounds like i thought about that a lot like oh i want to be where the waves are good so my kids can have a chance. But, you know, the level of talent and like single-mindedness that it really takes to become that elite level, you know, I think you have a better chance being a, you know, pro baseball player or, you know, whatever, which, you know, which or a fighter pilot or whatever, which people always say, that's not going to happen, right? So I, th- I feel like the surfing is even more of a unicorn. So to like base your whole life around hoping that'll happen for your kid, if you don't even know they're going to like surfing even, then really, it sounds silly. Really, but asking the question for myself. But look at Kanoa Igarashi, right? Yeah. So a very, you know, heat, but I mean, how many people have done that and how many people turn out doing that? It, for nothing else than to get it out because yeah. if you don't then it's i never did what if yeah. and if you do maybe you like some maybe you're like i'm so glad that we got out and then if not maybe it gives you the perspective it's like wow we have all this here that i didn't realize i was taking it for granted yeah it's definitely worth the pursuit Thanks so much for coming on. Uh-huh. We got to do it again. Yeah. Front. Cool. Cool. Perfect.